Morning, everybody. Good to see all of you. An awesome full house again this morning on this wintry morning. You can all sing it together. It's beginning. There we go. We should start a choir or something. That'd be fun. Uh, hey, it's great to be with you. For those of you that I don't know, my name is uh, Pastor John, campus pastor here at Hope Des Moines. And uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, would love uh, to do that. want to welcome you uh, again to Hope Des Moines and just say that if you're new uh, with us today or you're visiting from another one of Hope's campuses, we want to say welcome to you uh, and pray that you feel loved and encouraged today. We love uh, new people at Hope as we continue uh, our ser- series uh, messages that we're in uh, this month called A New Kind of Christmas, looking at this uh, season of Advent they're in, we're in uh, in a brand new way, as you saw in the video there. Maybe it's time to start thinking about not just fall, uh, falling into the same old ruts that we do uh, every single year. As I mentioned, today is the second Sunday of Advent, and I say this word Advent, say it with me, Advent. For some of you, that might be confused with Lent. Lent is in the spring. Advent is now, uh, leading up to Christmas time. If you didn't grow up in the church, if you didn't grow up in maybe a traditional church setting, uh, maybe you're unfamiliar with what this whole Advent uh, thing is. And basically what it is, is just these weeks leading up to the birth of Jesus. And Advent literally means waiting or longing for the arrival of Jesus. And that's what we're doing during these weeks. And uh, if, if you didn't grow up with that, you might be kind of confused, like, why are we spending all this time gearing up for Christmas? Because anything worth uh, waiting for, <laughs> uh, anything awesome is worth waiting for. And this is the most incredible gift that we could ever receive. And we're waiting for the greatest gift that we could ever receive, and that's this baby in a manger who became our Savior. But if we're not careful... If we're not careful, we can get lost in a, in a host of other stresses and to-do lists and uh, even shopping uh, craziness, as Andy described to us last week. You know, how many people have heard of Black Friday? Just raise your hands here to Black Friday. How many people have heard of Cyber Monday? How about Giving Tuesday? <laughs> See? I proved my point right there, right? There is this national thing, this movement now called Giving Tuesday, And it's the Tuesday after the crazy weekend where we spent billions of dollars and then these groups are together and saying, hey, maybe we should serve each other. Maybe we should give to those people that are really in need. And judging from your response this morning, I think that would be uh, representative of the the, uh, response across the nation is, why are we so enamored with spending and not giving? It's an interesting question that Black Friday and Cyber Monday get so much more media attention and so much more play than Giving Tuesday. It's because of this fact that, I don't know if you knew this, but back right before the the Protestant Reformation, the 16th and 17th uh, centuries, there were many European countries that it was their tradition to give gifts on December 6th. That was the gift-giving time to, you know, celebrate the, the greatest gift we've received in Jesus. And because they gave their gifts and did all that before December 6th, they had the whole month of December just to focus on Christmas. They had the whole month of December to focus on preparing their hearts for the wonder of Jesus' birth. And some of you are thinking, oh no, I'm thinking, man, if we did that December 6th, Black Friday would need to be in August, and that would just really mess up now. My... But think about it. Think about it. What if you, the entire time leading up to Christmas, you didn't have to worry about shopping? 
You didn't have to worry about buzzing around to all the holiday parties and getting all your to-do list done. What if December, your sole purpose was simply preparing your heart? Or as the song says, let every heart prepare him room. Are you doing that? Advent's almost half done. Have you done that yet? Have you taken time to slow down? What if the entire purpose of December for you was preparing your home for Jesus, was preparing your heart for him? In fact, just before our scripture passage that was read today from Luke chapter 12, in fact, if you have your Bibles, open back up to Luke chapter 12, Jesus speaks right into this craziness. He speaks right into this dilemma that we face with a pretty important challenge for us this morning. You heard it read from the uh, New Living Translation. I love how the message version puts it. It kind of summarizes it and just, it makes us think about this passage in a brand new way. You've heard the passage before, seek first the kingdom of God, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. And we hear that phrase this time of year and we're like, yes, put Jesus first and then I'll also tack on all these other things. But I think the message version puts it in a brand new light. So this is verses 29 to 32. I want you to imagine Jesus just walks in here this morning. You probably wouldn't recognize him. Uh, He probably would look like he just came in off the street. Probably hadn't showered in a while. Long hair, beard. Jesus participates in No Shave November. (laughs) Jesus comes walking in here. I just want you to imagine for a second, Jesus walks up in front of you this morning and he says this. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so that you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way that he works fuss over so many things. But you know both God and how he works. Jesus wants to know what is the posture of your heart this Advent? Are your hands stuffed full, fists fists uh, tightly clenched, keeping a grip on everything that you want? Or is the posture of your heart ready to receive from God, wide open, to receive the things this Advent from him, the gifts he wants to give you that you truly need? Maybe we get so busy with the things that we want that we miss the thing that God truly wants to give you. Maybe the gift that God wants to give you this Christmas is a reminder of your identity in him. Maybe the gift that he wants to give you is comfort in the pain that you're facing right now in your life. Maybe his spirit is what he wants to breathe into you this Advent, right into your complacency and your apathy. Maybe that's the gift that he wants to give you, but your hands are so full saying, gimme, gimme, gimme. I'm trying to accumulate as much as I can and my hands are stuffed full. God says, no, what if you lived like this, this Advent season? Because he has so much to give us. Are you ready to respond to the gifts that he wants to give you this Christmas season? Now, don't get me wrong. Let's just take a time out here for a second. There is nothing wrong with spending money. Some of you saw that video and you're like, oh man, pastor's going to get up and say, take all your Christmas gifts back. Don't spend any money this time of year. Bah humbug. Go home, right? No, that is not my goal today. There is nothing wrong with shopping. Spending money is not evil. Are you hearing me? Spending money is not evil. For some of you, 
like my wife, giving and receiving gifts, which sometimes costs money, is your primary love language. Have you heard of the love languages before? Right? Men and women have different ways of giving and receiving love. For Tiffany, that's, that's giving and receiving gifts. And so there is a reason that my wife has gifts spread out. Maybe some of your homes look like this right now if you're in gift wrapping mode. She has gifts spread out all over the house for weeks. So for me, gift wrapping is 30 minutes, in and out. It's like hunt and kill, right? Just in and out, right? For her, gift giving is a nonstop party that lasts half the year, beginning in July, and culminates for the entire month of December, throughout the entire house with hot chocolate, 1960s Christmas music, and tissue paper as high as the ceiling. That's gift wrapping time, okay? So there's nothing wrong with giving gifts. There's nothing wrong with spending money and shopping. In fact, one of the best things that we can do this time of year is give gifts, not just to spend lots of money or not just to get a bunch of things that we don't need, but to remember the greatest gift that we've ever been given, Jesus Christ, who became one of us. But here's the tricky thing. With anything good and healthy, we can let it get the best of us. We can go overboard and make this spending and gift-giving something into that it was never supposed to be. Some of us maybe were, were spending money out of a pressure to give the, the, the best-looking gift at the company Christmas party or your family Christmas, or maybe for you, it's, oh, we, we were going to get this, but now we need to spend a little bit more because the, the young family down the street got this thing for their kid, and they're only seven, and they got them a, a, you know, a new car already, so we need to probably get them a car. You know, that's a little overboard. But think about that. Subconsciously, we do that. We start looking around, and we saying, what are they getting? What are they giving their kids? What are they giving their grandkids? And somehow, it's just kind of this keeping up with the Joneses thing during December, and we start looking around at that. So it's important that we stop and ask ourselves, for those of you that have been buying and spending, what's my motivation? What's my motivation? Where's my heart in this? Why am I doing this? Why am I giving what I'm giving? On the other end of the spectrum, maybe gift giving has become the opposite for some of you. This time of year is filled with a lot of guilt and shame and sadness because we don't have the ability to buy fancy things. Some of you are saying, I wish I had that problem of knowing which gift I should give. But I don't have the financial ability to do that. And so December is filled with a lot of guilt and shame for you. Because you want to give these gifts. And so on either end of the spectrum, whether I have so much and I'm spending way too much or I have nothing... What we do is the danger is we fall into one of those ditches and we start to measure our ability to love well based on what we can afford. And that suddenly love now has a price tag. If I can only give that, well, I can't give that, I can't buy that, so I must not be able to love well. And into that mess enters the Christmas story. A baby who became a man... You know, he didn't stay in the cradle. He grew up and became our Savior. And he shows us what it means to love. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 John 3.16. No, not John 3.16. 1 John 3.16. Turn there really quick. Everybody grab a Bible from the floor uh, and look this up with me. You know John 3.16. What you may not know is 1 John 3.16. What does Jesus show us about what it means to give the gift of love. 1 John 
3.16. I'll give you a second. It's way in the back of your Bible. It's right before Revelation. 9.42 is the page on that. 1 John 3.16. If you got it, say, I'm there. I'm there. All right. This is how we know what love is. A.K.A. this is how we know that it's a really good gift. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So at the end of the day, what does it mean to love? To outbuy your neighbor? To outspend your coworkers? To keep up with the Joneses? Some of you are like, who's the Joneses? I'd like to meet them. No, it's ourselves. The greatest gift that we could give is ourselves. And Jesus gives himself to us this Christmas. The greatest gift that he could ever give, it's himself. And why? Why does he do that? So he can outspend other people? So he can look good? No, he's got all the glory, he's got all the fame that he already needs. God gives us himself because love gives. You know what the opposite of love is? It's not hate. It's lust. Because love gives and lust takes. And so Jesus comes this Christmas and he loves us with a genuine, true love. He cannot help but give us himself this Christmas because God is love. It's not a characteristic that God has. It's just who he is. He embodies love. He created love. And so it is the most natural thing for him to do to give himself. The, the, the passage that I read at so many of the weddings that I officiate, 1 Corinthians 13, right? Love is this, love is this. Love is patient, love is kind, right? You know what that verse also says? Love is not self-seeking. So in my gift-giving, in my spending, what are my motives? <laughs> is it self-seeking? Do I have some ulterior motive or am I giving because I just want to love people? Because I genuinely love. If love was self-seeking, we would not have Christmas. <laughs> we would not have Christmas. There would be no Christmas because it would be much easier and much more comfortable, I'm sure, for the God of the universe to stay in his comfy palace in his throne than to come down and be born as an infant. And those of you that have had infants know how messy that is. To be born in a feeding trough. And for that matter, to be nailed to a Roman cross. It's a good thing that love is not self-seeking. Or we would not have forgiveness. We would not have love. But that's who our God is, a God who gives and serves out of genuine, pure love. And then look at the best of that verse in verse 16. He says, well, you go and do the same. You go and do the same. Love deeply, not just with your checkbooks. Hear me correctly. Love deeply, not just with your checkbooks, but with yourselves. So what if this Advent, God is asking us to follow the lead of his son and spend less and give more. And spend less and give more. So how do we do that? That's a great little slogan you came up with there, John. How do we actually do that? How do we spend less and give more? Well, the truth is, every single one of us is equally wealthy in one thing, and that's time. Right? Does anybody have more than 24 hours in the day? 
Okay. Thank you. That answers that, right? None of us do, right? We're all equally wealthy in time, and it's up to us how we use our minutes, our hours, our days, our weeks, our months, and our years. That's up to us. We've all been given the same amount. So how do we spend less but give more? Well, I was thinking about this, and I needed to get my mind going with some ideas for what this might look like. How do we spend less but give more? How do we give gifts that have real meaning? Are you looking for the perfect gift idea? Well, you're in luck this morning because our favorite special guest, kid president, is here this morning with some special gift ideas that don't necessarily have a price tag. Let's take a look. It's the holidays! Some people are excited. But for some people, it could be overwhelming. There's so much to do, see, eat. But don't stress! Life is short, and deodorant can be expensive. I'm here to tell you that it's going to be okay. It's time to give the perfect gift. Perfect gift! <laughs> I wrote that fame song. Do you like it? I got some special people I need to get presents for. My mom, my dog, Beyonce. I can't just give them just anything. You gotta be perfect. How can you tell if the gift that you're giving is going to be bad? A few questions to ask yourself. Is this a random item that I wrapped up from my house? If it is, it's a bad idea. But keep pressing it, huh? I don't have any money. No problem. You can always make a gift. Like this awesome macaroni picture I made. It's, it's a picture of Uncle Jesse from Full House. Have mercy. Perfect gift. This is an old pumpkin from Halloween. I drew a face on it. Pretty good. But the truth is, most people don't need stuff. They need to know somebody cares. It's about spreading love. Things like bear hugs. But don't hug an actual bear because they don't understand hugs. They will rip your face off. Time! Spend some time with the people you love. Life is what happens when you put down your phone. Do something awesome. Maybe you and your friends can get together and give gifts that matter. The perfect gift is something that makes the world better. You can go to a site like inspiredgifts.org. Buy a blanket for kids who need them. Send books to kids who need stories. These are gifts that just make you happy. They make the world more awesome. Like, for real, they help save lives. Giving gifts can change the world, especially when they're full of love. As cool as it might be to give macaroni art like this, it's cooler to give a gift that matters. What if everybody gave a gift that made the world a little bit better? Then we would all have a big dance party! I don't know if there's much more to say after that. That pretty much sums it up, don't you think? How can you be in a bad mood after watching something like that? I, I don't know. Maybe he's on to something, huh? The truth is, people don't need more stuff. They need to know that somebody cares. Words of wisdom. But the fact is, Kid President didn't come up with that wisdom. <laughs> He's simply starting to see Christmas with a different kingdom in mind. He's starting to see Christmas as, as a kingdom not of this world and living into that, but soaked in God reality. 
So how could this Christmas, how could this Advent season be different for us? How can we experience a new kind of Christmas? It turns out we have the clue right there in our passage today from Luke chapter 12. And Jesus gives us this invitation in verse 31. You're familiar with this passage. He says, but seek first the kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. And you hear that and you go, yeah, 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 seek first the kingdom. Listen again to how the message says that. I think it'll just shed some new light on it. It says, steep yourself, be fully immersed in God reality, God initiative, and God provision. Isn't that a neat way of looking at that? How do we spend less and give more? The clue is right here. First of all, we steep ourselves, we immerse ourselves in God reality, in kingdom reality, which is opposed to straining ourselves this time of year to see how much we can get. We turn instead to the kingdom that's already ours. Look at verse 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, Jesus says, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. The kingdom. See, when Jesus purchased you by his death on that cross, he bought you with the price of his own blood as the price tag of grace. And that means that everything that we are is his. It means we don't own a thing. We don't own a thing. There's nothing, there's nothing that we own. But at the same time, Jesus says, my father has been pleased to give you the kingdom meaning you are heirs to the throne, and if you're heirs to the throne, that means you have everything. So we live in this dual reality as followers of Jesus where we don't own a thing because we've been purchased with his blood through grace, but yet we own everything because we have the kingdom. We have everything that we will ever need because we can live into that kingdom reality today. We're the richest people on the planet. Depends how you define rich, right? We're the richest people on the planet because we're heirs to the throne of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who you are this morning. So I don't have to fill my hands with so many things because I found the treasure of the kingdom, which is forgiveness for my sin, which is peace in this crazy world, which is joy that's deeper than my circumstances, which is love even when I don't deserve it. And in response to that, when you've been given things like that, that you could never repay, there's nothing that I could ever do. I could never be good enough to repay Jesus for what he's done for me. So the only thing that he asks us to do is to give it away, is to share it with others. How can we help but not give it away? If your king is the most loving, compassionate, generous king in the universe, how can we not be the most generous people as well? How can we not give it away? Or as the next part of verse 32 reads, steep yourself, immerse yourself in God initiative. We start to live for the initiations of God. That's how you live differently this Advent. We we, we start to love the things that God loves. We start to join God in what he's doing around us. Our heart starts to break for the things that breaks God's heart. And that's why this Advent, we're doing this thing called Joy to the City. You've heard about this, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's just like your little token giveaway this Christmas. Do you know why we're doing this project? Because they're people that God loves. You may not know, but uh, Ruth Harbor, this incredible ministry, is 
right down the street from us, <laughs> that way, right down there on 42nd Street. Ruth Harbor is a ministry that was started by three women from Hope and is now its own separate organization, and they were seeing an increase in teenage pregnancies in Des Moines, in our city, and there was leaving many young women abandoned by the father, left alone to navigate their pregnancy, let alone life and, and their job. <laughs> and so instead of guilt and shame, they offer these young women grace and compassion at Ruth Harbor. And so we're, one of the groups that we're putting together these care packages for, that with these gift tags, is for them to remind them that they have value, to remind them that even if they messed up, according to the world, they're not a mistake. Because God still loves them. The other group that we're working with, the same is for Freedom for Youth. I think I've mentioned this before, but Des Moines has one of the highest populations in the nation of teenage homelessness. And so another Hope member, Mark Nelson, started Freedom for Youth. And he met this teenage girl living under a bridge downtown. And he says, we got to do something about this. This is not okay. God cares about these kids. And so that's the other group that we're putting together these care packages for. So many of us take for granted this time of year, oh, I'm going to go home to my family. What if you didn't have a family to go home to? I know that's the case for some of us. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Not just to be good people, not just to be religious people, because God's heart breaks for them. That's why we do what we do. That's why we exist. Kid President mentioned uh, doing something awesome. This would be pretty awesome. Do something that has kingdom value. Seek first the kingdom. Give something that matters this Christmas. But steeping ourselves in God initiative also means not, not, not just doing things around here, but doing things seven days a week. It's doing what Jesus did on Christmas and following his initiative to give of ourselves. The greatest gift he gave was himself, so we should do the same. When you think about it, the heart of the Christmas story is not us receiving a pile of presents. It's receiving his presence. Did you hear that? Maybe Christmas isn't about getting a pile of presents. It's about receiving his presence. Emmanuel, which means God with us. If you've ever wondered if God cares, if you've ever wondered if God can really meet you where you're at this morning, if God can break into whatever circumstance, whatever pain, whatever fear, whatever stress you might be facing today, look no further than the manger where the God of the universe showed up in the most unlikely of places. If God chose to reveal his presence in a barnyard in a tiny, obscure town of Bethlehem in the middle of the night, don't you think he's capable of breaking in right into the middle of the mess of whatever you're facing today? I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. Maybe the most profound verse in all of scripture. And they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger. Do you know how profound that verse is? They wrapped him in swaddling clothes. The God of the universe is crying as an infant in the middle of a barnyard. I wonder if Mary and Joseph ever doubted the presence of God after she held him to her chest. 
He's that close. He's that close to you this morning. He's that intimate. And so, not presents that are going to get old in a few months, but what if we offered our presents just as Jesus did long ago? What if we didn't just give presents this year, but we gave ourselves? You know what the one, I mentioned love languages earlier, and everybody kind of has a different love language. Do you know what the one thing that we all have in common is? (laughs) No matter who you are today, I'm just going to take a shot. We all long to be known. We all long to be understood. We all long to be accepted. We all long to be worthy of others' undivided attention. Am I worth somebody sitting down and listening to me, experiencing life with me? It reminds me of a vacation that Tiffany and I took uh, a few weeks back, or not a few weeks back, several months ago. Uh, actually, this was before our son was born. This was, we didn't know at the time, but this was the last vacation that we would take, just the two of us. Dun, dun, dun. And so off we go, and I had no idea what was happening. I was kidnapped by my own wife to go on vacation, okay? So I had no idea where we're going, and for months, she had said, I'm going to pack your clothes, I'm going to pack for you, just get in the car, and we'll go, okay? So for months, I had no idea where we're going on a vacation. She just throws me in the car, handcuffs me, no, I'm just joking, right? She puts me in the car, I have no idea where we're going, and we just start driving west. And I'm like, okay, once we get past Omaha, I'm pretty sure that we're going to Colorado because western Nebraska isn't exactly a vacation spot, Yeah? So we're driving. Okay, we're going to Colorado. And we get to Colorado, and it turns out it's an incredible time. And it's just the two of us. We have one of the best weeks of our lives. We go horseback riding in the mountains, in the Rockies, and we're hiking, and we're eating at fun restaurants. I think we had a lot of Dairy Queen on that trip. Uh, A lot of exploring trails, and we visited some friends and family that we have out there. A lot of shopping and, and, and getting gifts, and I put up with that. And then we're driving home, and I and I... I turn to her and I say, honey, what, what was your favorite part of the whole trip? I mean, we just packed like seven days full. What was your favorite part of the whole thing? What, was, it, was it Dairy Queen? Because you really have, Dairy, you know, all the blizzards I bought you. You know, was it the gifts that I bought you at the mall, right? Was it horseback riding? Was it, was it the, the expensive dinner that I bought for you? And she, without a hesitation, and she says, your undivided attention. Your presence. When you go out to eat with other people, how much time is spent like this? And how much time is spent like this? Your undivided attention. And it didn't cost a thing. That was the best part. I'll admit it, I'm still working on that. And I know that some of you probably are too, and I'm not the greatest at it. But I just want you to think about your own lives for a second. What if the most profound gift you could give your children or your grandchildren this Christmas was your undivided attention? I like how Kid President said it. Life is what happens when you put down your phone. What if the most profound gift that you could give your parents or that sibling that you haven't connected with for years or that friend or that coworker was the invitation to spend a day together doing what they love. Hard to put that in a box, put a bow on it. Simply to say, I appreciate you. Maybe it's your time, but there's hundreds of ways to spend less and give more. And that's why in your bulletins today, I just want to call your attention to that list 
on there. We just wanted to kickstart you a little bit and get you thinking about that. The joy of giving, ways to give of yourself this Christmas. If you need some creative gift ideas, I encourage you to look at that list. There's dozens of ways to give sacrificially, to give of yourselves. Which, if anybody knows what that means, if any, if any church, if any group of people knows what it means to give sacrificially, I'm looking at them. Everybody just look at me for a second. Just give me the biggest smile you can. Show me some teeth. Some of you need to work on that, right? I'm looking at them right here. Do you know that you're an incredible church? Do you know how incredible you are? Which, and, and, and I have to tell you a couple weeks ago, I, I know this, I know that you're giving sacrificially, and I know that you've started to experience the joy of giving a couple weeks ago on our Giving Sunday for our building campaign. I'm leaning against the wall over here, and I'm just watching you come up again and again and giving your, your gifts to the altar. I'm, I'm not stalking you, I'm just watching the room, giving God praise for you, and, and those of you that not only brought your financial gifts, but your time and your talents to offer God for this Building Hope Together uh, campaign for our future facility here in Des Moines. And one of the things that we're most proud of that we believe, and I hope that you sense, is we did it God's way. We followed his leading the whole time. It was Bible-based, prayer-based. It wasn't filled with any guilt. It wasn't filled with any unnecessary pressure. We simply asked you to pray about it. Let me just say this. Number one, don't tell the next service. All right? Let, don't, you know, when you're crossing paths on the way in, don't tell them because I want them to be able uh, to experience it. Two, secondly, uh, just, just to say this, some of you are like, whoa, I picked a really interesting week to come uh, here to Hope Des Moines. Do we always give a standing ovation for the offering? No, but maybe we should, right? Every week, right? Because we've experienced the joy of giving. You want to know who we just gave a standing ovation to? God. Not ourselves, but him. Praise God. Amen? Praise God. Because he's the one that deserves all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. $830,000. Praise God for that. Praise God. Absolutely. When I think of that, the first verse that came to mind was Psalm 115, verse 1. It's up on the screen. Let's read this together nice and loud. Go ahead and go to that next slide. Let's read this together. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and because of your faithfulness. I am blown away. I think when uh, our chief financial guy, Chris, called me about a week or so ago, uh, I was blown away, and I ran around my house screaming like a little girl, I think. I was so excited. You're an incredible church. I think, I think it's okay for pastors to say this, but I think I screamed, holy cow! <laughs> um, so we have reason to celebrate. Praise God for these gifts. Praise God for you. And I want you to hear me just for a second this morning. I don't want to downplay this one bit. Because this was a... This was a holy experience, this giving campaign for a lot of you. And a lot of you I know, um, I watched some of you, and some of you were walking up to the, to the basket giving your gift, and you were crying, and I hope it wasn't, no, I don't want to give this. Um, it was tears of joy. Because you knew for the first time maybe in your life God was calling you out of your 
comfort zone. I, I saw families coming up and, and dumping it in together, holding the card together. I don't know if you know this, but those kids that just came running in gave over $100, just the KQ kids. So praise God for that. Not including Andy's piggy bank, so that's amazing. But most importantly, through this whole process, through this giving campaign, many of you discovered the joy of giving. And the, the, the truth that, that money and the church can be a beautiful thing when we do it God's way. Amen? So thank you. Thank you for responding in obedience no matter, no matter what was on your card. Because for some of you, the, the financial gifts was not what was on the card. And I got to read some of those. Not the financial ones, but the non-financial ones. It's just to see that, and I want to share some of those with you. This is what people committed to this church on Giving Sunday. My love, my heart, my time, greeting with a smile, singing, music, an open door to my living room, prayer, faith, Encouragement, leadership, friendship, joy, hard work, my worship, I love this one, cuteness, it's from my son. And lastly, one of my favorites, me, colon, all in. And there was no money involved. And that's beautiful. All in. And it all matters. Every one of those matters. You know that, right? Every word, every gift, it all matters. Because you're an incredible church. But lest we think the attention is on us, listen to what Jesus says to us in the Sermon on the Mount. You've heard this before. He says in Matthew chapter 5, Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify who? your Father in heaven. Give your gifts. Do these great things. Participate in the Advent Project. Do all these great things. But not so that the world will see us. Not so that the world will brag about us, Lutheran Church of Hope, and go, wow, look at all the money that they raised. But they'll look at that number and they'll say, God is more famous in Des Moines today than he was yesterday. Is that the cry of our hearts as a church? Oh, that we would build this building so that God would be made famous so that we could shine our light, so that he would get the glory. Because Hope Des Moines has never been and will never be about us, but about what God wants to do in and through us. The very heartbeat of this campaign has been coming together as a community to do something together that we could never do alone. To have a permanent home right here in the heart of the city. To share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. And these gifts, that number, whatever it would have been, would have been awesome. And we still would have given God a standing ovation. But these gifts enable us to do that. And we are, folks, well, well on our way. And that is what we are celebrating today because lest we think that the mission is complete. Folks, the fun's just getting started. The mission is just beginning. The best is yet to come. And we will begin work soon and you will be hearing a lot about it. Are you ready to build a church building. Are you ready not just to build a church, but to build a church building? And the best part is that we don't have to wait. 
with everything that we talked about today because it's never been just about, about a building. It's been about you being the church seven days a week, giving your presence, your undivided attention to this city, your love. And if you were here a few weeks ago, you remember what my biker dude friend said. Remember that guy? Big scruffy biker dude, Harley Davidson guy with the beard. What did he tell us? Don't you ever stop, Hope Des Moines. Don't you ever stop. This is just the beginning. This is just the slingshot. This is just the catapult. The biker dude says, don't you ever stop. It's time to be the church. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up and give God praise for this incredible day. Let's worship. Let's worship.